Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Sports Travel Podcast, where we interview leaders in the sports event industry. This is Jason Gewertz, editor and publisher of Sports Travel, and our guest on this episode is an Olympic legend, Allison Felix. A nine-time medalist at the Olympic Summer Games and track, Felix will be attempting to make her fifth Olympic team when the U.S. track and field trials get underway in late June in Eugene, Oregon, at the newly rebuilt Hayward Field. In this conversation, we'll be talking about Felix's Olympic journey and how she's had to adjust in what of course is the most unusual Olympic cycle that any athletes have ever had to face. But before we begin, this episode of the Sports Travel Podcast is being sponsored by the Teams Conference and Expo, the world's largest gathering of sports event organizers and the destinations and suppliers that serve the sports event industry. Teams 21 will be held at the Atlantic City Convention Center in Atlantic City, New Jersey, September 27th through the 30th, 2021. This year's conference will once again feature the co-location of the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee's SportsLink program and NGB Best Practices Seminar, as well as the annual symposium of the National Congress of State Games. For more details on everything we have planned at Teams this year, please visit teamsconference.com. And now, on to the conversation. If you've watched any of the Olympic Games since 2004, the name Allison Felix should be familiar to you. In June, she will compete at the USA Track and Field Olympic Trials in Eugene, Oregon, for a spot in what would be her fifth Olympic Summer Games. In her previous four, starting in 2004 in Athens, 2008 in Beijing, 2012 in London, and 2016 in Rio, she earned six gold medals and three silver medals, making her one of the most decorated track stars of all time and the first female track athlete to win six gold medals. She also has 18 world championship medals to her name, a record for men or women, including 13 golds, the most recent of which came in 2019 in the 4x400m and the 4x400m mixed relay. But this year's event in Tokyo, held during a global pandemic, will be unlike any she's ever prepared for. Her normal training cycle has, of course, been thrown off, as it has for most every athlete planning to compete this summer. And the loss of family and friends who will not be able to attend what could be her final games is another obstacle to overcome. And unlike those other games, she's also a mom this time around, giving birth to daughter Cameron in 2018. In this conversation with the Olympic legend, we talk about what the experience has been like preparing for the delayed Tokyo Games, how her training has adapted, and what it's like to compete in Eugene, a hotbed for the sport that next year will become the first U.S. city ever to host the World Championships in track and field. And we also discuss her favorite places to compete and what the best events do well when it comes to taking care of athletes. We'd like to give special thanks to one of Felix's sponsors, Procter & Gamble, for their assistance in arranging this episode, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. Awesome, Felix. Welcome to the Sports Travel Podcast. Thank you for having me. It is so great to talk to you. I think you're the first guest on our podcast that has ever been featured on the cover of Sports Travel Magazine, oh, which you may, you may not even be aware of, but I'm, I'm letting you know among your many accomplishments cool. uh, have been uh, to grace the cover of our magazine. So thank you for that. Um, it's you're a welcome. pleasure, absolute pleasure to talk with you. I want to get to a, a variety of things, so we'll just get started here. Let me take you back a year ago, Allison. Obviously, Olympians live on this four-year cycle, especially uh, someone like you who's been through a number of them before. And of course, we all know the story of last year, the Olympic Games and Paralympic Games, of course, having to be postponed a year. Take me back a year ago to what you were thinking and what was going through your mind when uh, you realized this was going to happen and we were going to have a year delay. 
Yeah, I mean, it was it was devastating. And I for myself, I just had to take time to really just kind of grieve that that it wasn't going to look the way that I had imagined. And like you said, as Olympians, you know, we work on timing so precisely. And for me, and I'm thinking another year, I'm going to be another year older and just all, all of the things. Um, but I was able to kind of pivot from that and just say, okay, let me look on the brighter side, another year to get better. Um, and just really figure out how to move forward. Yeah. What has happened to you in in the past year? Uh, I know you, like many other people in your position as elite athletes training for the Olympics, you've had your own challenges as far as training goes. Uh, You live in the Los Angeles area, one of the areas that I know was was fairly locked down the last year. So what did that look like for you, Allison, as far as keeping up that training up until the games this summer? Yeah, that was the biggest challenge that we had really was just um, training, figuring out where could we train, you know, not having a facility and um, really utilizing like the streets in front of my house and empty baseball fields and like all of these crazy areas that I never would have imagined that I would be training, um, but became the reality. And then we actually had to pick up and leave and we went to Arizona for a bit and just, you know, it was a bit more open and, and now things are um, are starting to look up and a, a bit more open. But that was the biggest challenging is just, you know, finding a track to run on. <laughs> yeah. When you were training on the streets, was anyone like, was that Allison Felix that just ran by? <laughs> there actually were a few people who it was kind of cool because in the midst of like, you know, everything that the world was going through, you know, here were these people kind of like cheering me on. And, you know, whether we were on the beach or, you know, on San Vicente, people cycling, it was just it was like, wow, this is this is a really cool community. <laughs> Well, as as we know, uh, we're going to be under some restrictions in Tokyo. Among those are not just the loss of foreign spectators, but that, that could very well mean family and friends not being able to travel with you. You're a, a new mom as well. I mean, Allison, what are your thoughts here about this most unique games, particularly when it comes to the, the likelihood that you may not have the people closest to you capable of traveling? Yeah, I think it's the reality that this game is not going to look like anything we've ever seen before. And of course, you know, it, it breaks my heart that family, you know, it doesn't seem like family will be able to to be there. Um, but at the same time, you know, I, I understand we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's not ideal for anyone. And so just trying to figure out like, you know, how can we make this the best situation possible? So just trying to stay open and, you know, understand that, you know, I'm going to try to do what I can, but preparing for the measures that we'll have to take. Yeah. As we're talking now, there's still some question as to whether any spectators will be allowed at the games. That's still to be determined. Is that going to be pretty awkward for you to not have a crowd or at least not a full crowd at an event like the Olympics? I think, well, yes, the answer is yes. And I I think if you asked me a year ago, it would have just been completely wild. I think now we're seeing all kinds of things and I've actually competed in empty stadiums and virtual races. And so now I think I'm able to kind of start to wrap my head around it a little bit more. But I think it's just going back to like, these games are going to be different. And, you know, it's it's it just is what it is. Is that unusual too? I mean, we're still learning you know, the rules and regulations that you as an athlete will would be under if you're in Tokyo. I imagine uh, in normal times, obviously, you don't have this much unknown going into an event, even on the logistics side. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, like you said, there's just information is kind of trickling in and um, just trying to stay open with that because I think as athletes, you know, we're so used to very specific things and knowing what the plan is going to be and just not having so much uncertainty has been difficult, but um, it just, you know, it's kind of just the, the mark of the times. 
Yeah. And of course, before we get to the Olympic Games, you've got the trials. Let me ask you about the trials this year. That's going to be in Eugene, Oregon, and you've competed there uh, many times in your career. But as you know, a whole new stadium that they've built, a whole new Hayward Field. Have you have you had a chance to be there or or see what that venue looks like now? Yeah, just for the first time. Um, last weekend, I was there and it's it's absolutely beautiful. Um, it is incredible, such an amazing stadium. And I'm really excited to to return there. Yeah. And what do you think about that market in Eugene? I mean, obviously, they've uh, they've become sort of a mecca for, for track and field. They seem uh, to be a, pr- a pretty advanced track and field audience up there. Yeah, it's really special. You know, there's not many places in the United States um, that have that unique kind of community of people who really celebrate the sport and they really understand it. And I think that's it's really cool as an athlete to go and to be able to compete in a place like that where there is, you know, just it's it truly is track town and it's uh, it's a, a very special place. And they've really, really embraced that. Yeah. And as you know, uh, obviously, we're talking major events here, trials and Olympics, but the world championships are going to be in Eugene next year. First time that event's ever been held in the United States. What do you think as far as the visibility of track and field in the U.S., Allison, that to bring an event of that caliber here to the United States? We've never seen anything like that here. Yeah, I think it's going to be amazing, you know, to be able to see an event of that size and um, on U.S. soil. I think it's going to do a lot. And hopefully it's just the beginning. You know, hopefully more events will come and be able to welcome the world, um, you know, to a great place like Eugene, who, who, you know, who truly will celebrate the sport. Do you have any favorite venues that you've competed in? I mean, we've talked about Eugene a, a bunch, but you've had the ability, of course, in your lengthy career to be all kinds of places. Any particular cities or venues that stand out that were just uh, remarkable to you from a from an athlete's perspective? Yeah, I mean, I love competing in Monaco. Um, and the stadium there is really incredible and very unique. You know, the arches and um, just how it fits in there, the architecture there. So that one always stands out to me. Um, competing in Rome again, you know, just so much history there and uh, another beautiful stadium. Stockholm is another one. You know, these stadiums that have been around for so long and you can truly see it in the way that the, the structures, the way that they actually look. Um, so yeah, I, I love to travel and I love to see you know, all these different countries host events. Yeah, I think we can all agree if we can compete in Monaco or Rome, uh, that would be a lovely (laughs) experience uh, for us. As you're going to events, Allison, through your career, are there any things that make for a well-organized race? I mean, from your perspective, are there things that the good events do really well as far as taking care of you and, and what you need to be able to succeed as an athlete? Yeah, I love when track and field is seen as entertainment, when it's really a big event. And there are pre-COVID um, when you are able to have spectators, but you're, it's, it's more of an event. It's more of something you get excited for and not just about the performances, but something that you want to do socially and that you want to enjoy. And I think that there are a lot of places who do that really well. And, um, you know, in, instead of just making it just solely, you know, here's an event and there's a ton of events that we have to get through, but really highlighting you kind of some of the drama of the sport. Yeah. We talked at the beginning about just how different this Olympic cycle is just by nature of, of what's happening, what has happened in the world. Uh, as we touched on, you're also a mom. Has it has this been a, a wildly different experience training and, and just uh, putting in the, the job that you have to do as a mom as well? Yes, it's been completely different. Um, it's been very challenging, but 
also rewarding. And, you know, I'm just feel like I'm trying to figure it out. You know, some days are amazing and everything is working together smoothly. And other days I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> I think for all parents, all working parents, you know, kind of understand trying to uh, integrate those two things together. But um, it also is just, you know, amazing to come you know, home from a very long day and see this little smiling face uh, waiting for me. Sure. Well, her mom's got some incredible stories to tell. Do you ever think about uh, how you're even going to frame your, your own experience uh, to her as she grows up to give her the perspective of, of what you've accomplished in your career? Yeah, I think especially these last uh, couple of years, you know, I'm excited to tell her um, about them and just overcoming adversity and like what that looks like and that she's been along for this ride and this this journey and how, um, yeah, how special it's been. Does it make it harder for you to watch these P&G commercials uh, as a mom now? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. They're, they're always tear jerkers. And I just feel so proud and so humbled to be included and to be featured. And I love what PNG is doing and using the Olympic stage to really encourage people to lead with love. And, and now it takes on a whole new meaning as a mother, because, you know, I, I want to do the same with my daughter. Yeah. Well, Allison, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, to get a couple minutes with you today. You know, thank you for taking the time. And obviously we wish you the best of luck, you know, in the summer to come. And hopefully you'll be able to be on the cover of uh, Sports Travel and do all kinds of other wonderful accomplishments of your career. Uh, <laughs> would <forward>. love that. <laughs> so nice talking with you. Thank you, Allison. This has been another edition of the Sports Travel Podcast. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on all your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Past episodes are also available at sportstravelmagazine.com, which features regularly updated breaking news and in-depth features on stories related to the sports event industry. Be sure to visit us daily at sportstravelmagazine.com, at Sports Travel on Twitter and Instagram, and at Sports Travel Magazine on Facebook, and LinkedIn. Until then, this is Jason Gwertz for Sports Travel, and thanks for listening.